Good morning, everyone. Um, I'd like to share an interesting statistic with you that I stumbled on recently. Apparently, there's an inverse relationship according to this one study, meaning that as one increases, the other decreases between the number of years that one is married and the number of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirts that they own. <laughs> so you all will be shocked. I am Tim Kelman. You will be shocked to hear that I am the youth and college pastor here at Long Hill Chapel. I want to welcome you. Uh, let's start in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this time together. God, we pray that the seed of this Sunday would grow and bear much good fruit in our lives. Lord, thank you for uh, everyone who's here, everyone's online, everyone who's watching later. Lord, thank you for this time. We pray in your mighty name. Amen. And just as an aside, uh, my wonderful wife Liz is not the cause of that. She knew exactly what she was getting into when she married me. She loves me for who I am. Unfortunately, the villain of this story is my waistline. So I, I bring up the Ninja Turtles because uh, many of you probably don't know how connected and how big part uh, they are in my life. And yeah, I was a kid of the 80s and the 90s, and so of course I watched the shows, I had the toys, but things really changed when I was in college. And yes, we'll be showing some pictures of how they've gotten into my life. But my freshman year of college, I was given an assignment that I had to develop a five-minute speech arguing a position. And so after discussing with my friends things that we were passionate about, things that we strongly believed in, I wrote and presented a five-minute speech on why Raphael, the red one, <laughs> is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Right? And so before you all kind of go and write your own speeches about other turtles that are better, I could have written it about any of them. They're all amazing. I could give you a five-minute speech on any of them right now. But we have other things to talk about, so we'll keep going. Anyway, I kept—the uh, speech went pretty well. And so being an insecure college student, I kept that joke running because it seemed to get me the acceptance and the attention that I wanted. And so this joke just kept coming and coming, and eventually it kind of took on a life of its own, where people started getting me turtles apparel, turtle-themed gifts, throwing me turtles-themed parties, okay, without me even asking or uh, initiating that. And so this little thing became something so much bigger to a point where now some people cannot think about the turtles or me without the other. We are intimately connected. And so this is something we actually experience in life a lot, where something very little takes on a life of its own and becomes something so much bigger. It could be the first workout that turns into reaching your fitness goals. It can be the first date that turns into a lifetime of marriage. But it's also things in the negative, too. It could be the first ache or pain that turns into a diagnosis. It could be the first argument that ends a friendship. We see all the time that little things can turn into so much bigger than what we'd ever expect. And so our spiritual life is like this too. And so the parable that we're going to be looking at, because we're going through different little stories that Jesus told that teach us a lesson and point out spiritual truths. Okay, and so the one we're looking at today is in the book of Matthew. 
Okay, it's one of the Gospels which follows the life of Jesus and gives more specifically his teachings and what he was like and what he said. And so we're going to read together in Matthew 13. So these are the words of Jesus. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Okay. Two lines. Something small becomes something big. Got it? Everyone good? All right, Ben, ready to go? All right. No, it's so simple and it's so clear, it's easy to rush past this and to not think about the implications in our life because there are some big implications of this very short message. And so the first thing I want to talk about is that we are not the mustard seed in this story. And I'm sorry, I know our series is the story we find ourselves in, but we need to talk about this first because the main character of this parable is the kingdom of heaven. And that's not us, okay? The kingdom of heaven is actually something that now I get super excited about because there's something I didn't understand for a long time. And in my defense, that's because Jesus never clearly defines it. He kind of leaves us breadcrumbs here and there for us to start getting an idea of what it is. Because not only do we see it here, but we also usually only see hints of it here on earth. And so he would say things like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. And what do all those things have in common? I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. And so then I started reading more about what Jesus said about the kingdom. And one of the important things was the things he pointed at of what was happening when he was here on earth. Because he would often say that the kingdom has come near in his presence. And the things he would point out were incredible. People getting healed the lame walking, the blind seeing, people who were bound up in oppressive systems and lifestyles get free like that. So finally, I was able to kind of figure out what the kingdom is. is it's not something like just God's rules and following his speed limit, things like that. It's when reality itself actually gets unbent back to how it was always meant to be. And so the way I define it now is that the kingdom of heaven is on earth when people, places, and systems are restored, renewed, or resurrected to God's original plan for them. So the healing comes not because God is imposing his will on our bodies, but because he's actually releasing us from sickness. We're, we were always meant to be healthy and so our bodies are just going back to what they were always meant to be. He's not imposing his will on how government or systems or people are. He's helping restore us to the generosity, the kindness, and the goodness that we're always, we were always meant to be. So that's the kingdom. Those are the seeds that get planted. Now, where do we find ourselves? We're the ones who get to plant the seeds. This is both incredibly empowering and incredibly scary. 
Because at first it feels like a lot of pressure, but then on the other side, it can actually feel very disempowering. Because planting seeds, if any of you have a green thumb, God bless you, I do not. But you can see that planting seeds is a very indirect thing that takes a long time before you even see results. And so that sort of indirect is when we're trying to engage with problems that we see around us. Planting a seed doesn't feel like it's going to fix anything because you plant that little seed and then a lot of times you just have to wait. And I mean, you have to do things like water, you have to fertilize, those sorts of things, but really you're just kind of setting the table for God to do something. So it can be very indirect. And a lot of times the seed does not seem scaled to the problems we face. I mean, look around. There are so many big things. We see wars, we see injustice, we see diseases that we just don't know how to handle. And those little seeds don't seem scaled to that sort of problem. We're often looking for trees instead of seeds. And then, even worse, sometimes it just doesn't work. Again, if any of you have a green thumb, you know that despite your best effort, efforts, sometimes things just don't grow. And a lot of times you did everything right, you checked all the boxes, but for whatever reason, nothing happens. And so we run into all of this, and we wonder, God, how, do, how does that work, that this incredible kingdom that seems so life-changing, how do we plant seeds like that? I'd like to share another college story, and don't worry, I do have more experiences with God than just during my college years, but those were the ones that were relevant for today. And so when I was in school, I was very excited. And like many youth, I was very uh, idealistic, and I was going to change the world. And so I got involved with my college fellowship, and so I helped plan events. I helped uh, minister to people. I helped try and tell people about Jesus. And at the end of it, really, I felt like I hadn't done a whole lot. You know, all those things that I had just talked about kind of felt like that was the result of my whole college experience and all my hard work until one moment. And at the very end of my senior year, all the seniors got up and started sharing about their experiences in college. And so one young lady named Stephanie got up and shared that she was not a Christian when she came. And in fact, she had a little church experience, but a friend invited her out to our fellowship, and she wasn't sure about it, but she thought, all right, why not? And so she started coming, and eventually she started getting connected, and eventually after that, she decided to give her life to Jesus and put her faith in Jesus, and her life changed. And she shared about that and how wonderful it was, and even now, I think she's working at a church and has gone on to do so many amazing things. But the part here that is relevant to our story is a, a little throwaway line in what she shared that would be so easy to miss. And she mentioned me by name, that me standing at the door of our fellowship, greeting her by name, was one of those things that gave her the confidence that, you know what, maybe this is a place for me. And so she kept coming back. And so that little thing that I did started to have such an impact on her story because 
and I'll be honest, I didn't even have the best intentions at that point, is I was an awkward college student who wasn't sure that I belonged here, and so I would always hang out at the back, and after a couple awkward eye contact moments, I started greeting people and shaking their hands so it wasn't so weird, okay, to try and normalize it. So I didn't even know that this happened because I greeted everybody. I had no idea what sort of an impact this was. But in her story, God used me and this little thing of, hey, welcome, we're glad to have you, to be part of her story of coming to faith. And that's what I want to encourage you, that it's the little normal things that we do that God turns into these incredible uh, aspects of how the kingdom is here on earth. It's, something, it's why something so small can become something so big. Because it's more about what God does than what we do. Listen, I said hello to 80 to 100 people who were coming to that meeting, but it was in her story that God chose to use it. So I planted a lot of seeds, but it was only when God did something with it that it became something so much more. And we see stories like this in the Bible, too, all the time. One of my favorites is when Jesus feeds the 5,000, because here are these huge crowds, and the disciples are getting super uh, worried, because they don't, the people don't have enough food, and it's getting late, and uh, they're worried about people fainting and getting hurt on their way back to uh, villages and sources of food. And so they ask Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, what do we do about this? And Jesus says, well, you guys do something. And they're like, Jesus, we don't have enough money to Uber Eats this. Like, it would take a whole year's wage. Like, we can't, like, we don't have that. And he's like, well, what do you have? And this little kid comes up, and he gives Jesus his fish sticks lunchable. And Jesus uses that to feed all 5,000 people. He takes those five loaves and those two fish, and it's enough to feed the huge crowds. So again, something so little becomes something so much bigger. And so as we go to those things, I want that to, to resonate with you because those problems that we were looking at of feeling disempowered, of feeling uh, things are indirect, that things aren't scaled to the problem, when God comes in, everything changes. Five loaves and two fish is enough for 5,000 people. One little welcome is enough to change the course of someone's life because it's about what God does. He is the hero of their stories. I hope you hear that I'm not the hero as the greeter. Jesus was the one who came in and did everything. But what about that last thing? When we do things and it seems like nothing happens, what about then? Well, this is an important point to recognize another part of the mustard seed analogy is because here's a little mustard seed trivia for you. Mustard seed is a weed, okay? It was described at the time as a useless and annoying plant that people were discouraged from ever planting. Like, cool God, like, like let's, uh, let's talk about that. But what is the thing that annoys us so much about weeds? is how resilient they are. You try and kill them, you try and rip them up, and it seems like they always come back. And this is the part that speaks into our last thing, of when it seems like things are dead and gone, the main part of the Christian message 
is that there is always hope. Listen, they tried to kill Jesus and succeeded. They ripped him out of the ground. They sprayed their weed killer. But three days later, he was back. And so that signals to us that there is always hope. No matter what we face, no matter what sort of failure or death we run into. Because the kingdom of God is so resilient that even death can't stop it. Okay? So, where does that leave us? Well, I invite you into considering some next steps. And depending on where you are, everyone will probably have a different step. And so, if this is your first time coming, I invite you, just keep coming. Okay? This Sunday could be the first Sunday of uh, new community, new friendships, just a new direction in life. I invite you. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, and please come back. If faith is not a part of your story yet, I invite you to consider it today. You know, because a small, quick prayer can lead to an eternity with God. If faith is part of your story, the first thing I actually want you to consider as a next step is to find moments and to plant seeds of rest in your life. Because I've been away for, for a couple years living in Knoxville, and let me tell you, being back in Jersey, there is a uniqueness here. There is a momentum and a pressure that can push you towards always doing more, always pushing harder, that kind of hustle mindset. And so I want to invite you that the first thing you should probably consider is to find moments and rhythms of rest in your life. Because burnout is so real, all of us deal with it on some level. And so I want to encourage you, the first thing that God is asking you is to lay things at his feet. Because remember, it's more about what he does than what we do. Now, if you feel like you're starting to get a handle on that, or you feel like you want something a little more hands-on, I invite you to start planting seeds in people's life. There are so many things to do here at Long Hill, and it's, this is an invitation. This is not a uh, word desperate. An invitation that there is so many things, no matter what your gifting is, whether you want to greet whether you want to help with coffee, whether you want to help with the children's ministry, whether you want to help do a bank heist with the teens. There are so many different things for whatever your gifts are, whatever your interests are. We have opportunities here at Long Hill, and we'll be sharing more about that in the coming weeks. So, and special thank you to anyone who does serve. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for all of your time, all of your attention, all of your sacrifice. Uh, yeah, we literally could not do this without you. And then the last thing is if there's something painful, something that feels like has been a failure, something that feels death, dead or gone, I invite you to revisit it again. Consider that part of the kingdom that it's like a weed. It's so resilient that even death is not the final word. That's not something you need to do alone. Uh, every Sunday, we have a prayer team. You can submit prayer requests on a card. It can be anonymous. You can put your name. 
I just want you to know that we're here to walk with you through the hard things. That's the kind of community we are. And so this is the invitation that you don't have to face those things alone. And so now I would like to actually invite the band up. And we're about to step back into our own stories. And so I just want to reiterate one more time that the kingdom starts with small decisions and turns them into something so much more. It's more about what God does than what we do. And remember, the kingdom is so resilient that even failure and death aren't always enough to stop it. He can do so much with so little. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you can plant such profound truths in just a few words. That as you spoke one word and started all creation, God, I pray that you would continue to speak a word into our hearts to just create a new and vibrant relationship with you in us. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing here. God, all that you are growing, all that you are developing. Lord, bless our hands, bless our words, bless our time together. God, as we do the work of planting seeds, watering seeds, harvesting seeds, God, thank you that you are the one who grows it, that you take all the pressure off of us. And instead of a command, it becomes an invitation. Lord, so I just pray freedom and rest and new life over this place and over your people. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Reminder that we have a prayer team every Sunday that are trained. Uh, they keep things confidential, but they'll be up here, my left, your right. Uh, and we invite you that if there's something on your heart for you or for someone else, please, we're here to, to pray with you. So, and as we go, um, let me give you a benediction. I pray that the little things of your life, the little good things, the little seeds of God grow to bear good fruit, that you be empowered, that you be blessed, that you draw closer to him. Lord, thank you for this kingdom. Let it go with us as we leave back into the stories we find ourselves in. We pray in Jesus' name.